Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast. And today we've got a different kind of show going on. Um, one, I've been saying that I want to do some sports talk on this show. It's not a sports talk show necessarily, but it's also not anything per se. It's just a little bit of everything. <laughs> so today I wanted to bring on a, a good buddy of mine that I've known for years. Um, I don't consider myself to be a sports. Um, I'm a sports fan, but I'm not well-versed in a lot of sports areas, and I don't know a lot about a lot of sports. Um, I know a little bit just to be dangerous, probably. Um, pretty much a casual baseball. I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. Grew up a huge baseball fan. Um, kind of a pretty good football fan, basketball fan, but I never grew up playing them or following them. So as far as the rules go, I don't necessarily know a lot about them or the traditions of football and base or um, basketball. I've become a much bigger golf fan in my adulthood. Um, so I brought Jared on. Jared's a buddy of mine. And, um, you know, you might be saying, well, what's this Jared guy know? <laughs> but Jared is, uh, Jared's a, like I said, an old friend, and he's been around sports. And uh, so here he is. Jared, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Gene. I'm so, doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you have uh, – a lot of, I think you have a lot of sports knowledge. You actually keep up with sports still, right? A lot. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, having, having a kid puts a little bit of a, of a dent in the time I'm able to, uh, to keep up with, with some of it. But, uh, but over the last 34 years, I've, 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 I've accrued some, from some knowledge and most of it's stuck, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when I, when I think of like knowing, you know, I don't know, just in general terms. Um, but you, you played a little bit. Like, I know you you played Little League, right? Did you play any high school sports at all? Uh, all of my playing experience, because I was homeschooled, uh, it was mostly recreational. I mean, I did play, mm -hmm. you know, like in the city, you know, basketball leagues or whatever, uh, church basketball leagues. Um, right. But I didn't play in high school. I have uh, – I had uh, my two younger brothers, I think you probably remember, played college basketball. Mm -hmm. um, so I was around I was around that quite a bit. And also when I was in college, I did the uh, I did both. I did the arena, the PA announcing, as well as some play-by-play uh, -play for radio for my college, uh, the college basketball team where I went. Um, oh, okay. So that was that's kind of my experience, I guess beyond just as a fan that's kind of my i guess uh working experience i also did interned at a at a local that no longer exists a uh, local sports network uh comcast sports southeast which used to be around used to be oh, yeah uh, i remember them based in uh it would the the their every they did they did all the recording in the norcross area actually right down the street from where i live now mm -hmm. Uh, so I, 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 did, I did intern there as well. Yeah. yeah, you were you were a broadcast major, right, in college? I was. Okay. Um, well, um, that's I, to me that's significant though that you have the sports knowledge of, like, experience does not necessarily equal good knowledge of something. You know, um, somebody can be an excellent mechanic, but they may not be able to teach it or tell you the ins and outs of the different parts and whatnot. So, I think some people um, confuse that sometimes. For sure. Then, of course, you have armchair sports fans that are just like, as soon as there's something happening this big, oh, I'm an excellent, you know, I'm an expert on everything. Oh, yeah. You know, Braves or basketball, you know. <laughs> we we call that the hot take, the hot take industry. I think that's. 
Ah. That's if you watch if you watch ESPN and the pretty much any ESPN show before the actual games come on, you'll see just you know trying to rile people up. You know who's who's this guy's terrible now. Who's terrible now? Who's great? Uh-huh. It's always it's always one or the other. There's no <laughs> there's no nuance. <laughs> there's no new well um i guess let's take a look because i like to make this one and we're gonna have you back on if you want to come back on um oh, absolutely i was thinking about like making this one more for the casual fan and like, let's just say for instance some people might be listening to this that know nothing about sports but you're also gonna have some people that are probably just as um knowledgeable i guess and well versed in sports as you might be i had a friend in co- or roommate in college that was similar to you i think in a lot of ways he was a big florida state fan and he was from thomasville georgia and the guy knew everything about that team i mean and he was a Braves fan so he knew all the ins and outs about plays strategy um you know the different players that came out of um uh what do you call it uh, florida state fsu the um the recruitment process how they became you know how they were recruited you know what towns they came from i was he was like a walking encyclopedia of some of that stuff um i remember one night we had a challenge to figure out who knew the who could name off the top of their head this is pre-internet who could name off the top of their head the um largest amount of braves players from the past just who Mm. could you name and he he beat me by like a a country mile i mean it was (laughs) I mean, he knew everybody from Chris Chambliss to, you know, Bob Horner and, um, you know, Raphael. Damon uh, Berryhill. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, that's, to me, that's, that knowledge is way different than just somebody that's, oh, I was a Heisman Trophy winner in 1998. That doesn't mean that guy knows anything about sports or has the qualifications. One of the things that I get frustrated, and I don't know if you'd get frustrated with this either, is when I see on television how, um, a freshly retired athlete is automatically put in the booth to be an analyst. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that is, uh, yeah, some of them are, some of them are a little better than others. I, I feel like they've gotten better at, uh, at picking those guys out, but there are, there, there are some definitely that have slipped through the cracks in the past where it seems like they were just looking for a warm body. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, like this guy, this guy played, uh, but I think I, I do. It is. I mean, it is true. You'll never see somebody that uh, it, you're not going to see some former high school football coach get the color job to do NFL games on Fox or anything. They need somebody. They mm-hmm. need somebody with a bigger name, even if, you know, I'm sure you could find somebody like that, a uh, former assistant coach or uh, or former high school coach that could probably probably has the personality or whatnot to do that, but, but it is hard. There's definitely, uh, as someone who dabbled in the broadcasting industry shortly, there's, there's definitely a, there's definitely a very, very large advantage to having those relationships pre pre built in, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you've already, you've already met all of the executives at, at Fox or CBS or whatever sport covers your, or whatever network covers your sport. Um, and that's definitely, that's, that's definitely how there's definitely an old boys network, uh, in that way. But, but, uh, I do feel like, uh, a lot of the guys, I think they've done a, they do a pretty good job of separating the wheat from the chaff at the big, at the big level. Uh, sometimes locally you'll see like the Braves, the, I don't know if you watch, 
the I'm sure you watch some of the Braves games on oh, Valley yeah. Sports, uh, and they, they, I mean they got like everybody that's ever played for the Braves in the last 15 years gets a chance to come through there and and uh, and work in the studio or or uh, do color every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, you know I I don't it's not that I it's not that I have I don't have any grudge against the industry or anything. It's not that I think I could do a better job or anything, but. No. But yeah, there's definitely a little bit of that for sure. Have you? I've noticed on the Braves. I've been watching lately. Uh, Peter Moylan has been doing a lot of their um, pre. I like Peter stuff. a lot. He's yeah, very he's a character. Funny. <laughs> he's a very funny guy. Yeah. Uh, the um, I, I, well, I guess I said that because I was just that was a good point you made because I'm thinking about Tony Romo as a recent example of somebody that's transitioned, I think, well from the field to the booth, um, in football. You know. Yes. Yeah. I, I do. He, Tony Romo is good. He's also, I do like the sounds he makes when they watch the replays. I don't know if you, you ever know what he does a lot. Ah, I don't know. Oh. I don't know, Jim. I, don't know. <laughs> I like that. That's why that's the Tony that. Romo, the Tony Romo voice he does when they're watching a replay and he's trying to decide if it was the right call or not. That sounds right. Uh, now that's, you, yeah. that's, that's my favorite part. <laughs> of watching Tony Romo broadcast, but he does. I mean, he's, he is very, very intelligent and has definitely has the, uh, has the personality to, to, uh, to pull that off. And uh, obviously working with Jim Nance helps because Nance is, Nance is one of the, one of the best. Uh, yeah. That job. I, I would agree with that. I really like listening to Tim Nance and um, him and um, Al uh, from uh, NBC. You guys last Al Michaels. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Al Michaels. Yeah um he and um what's his name that um from the past that he worked with for so many years um i was trying to think of john madden yeah thank you john madden yeah um john madden was like the ultimate color guy i guess with his sounds and noises he made for sure for sure bam (laughs) soon this guy's gonna go over there (laughs) i think that uh he 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 probably offered plenty of uh material for places like uh comedians and saturday night live to <laughs> you know to have plenty of material to use on there when they couldn't think of anything <laughs> for sure i think the one guy still does i don't i haven't watched a pre I, because of uh church obligations i never watched the pregame shows for nfl really uh and eating lunch also that's mm-hmm. another thing that prevents me from doing that uh but uh i think they still have the comedians come on the pregame shows and do you know, John Madden impersonations is one of the big ones that the, the like Jim Riggle, uh, what is it, Riggle, I think. Rob mm-hmm. Riggle does does a segment on one of those shows where he does, he uh, imitates those guys. So, <laughs> yeah, he's def- definitely, John Madden definitely was one of the, probably one of the first guys to really, uh, I guess, use that, that kind of the silly catchphrases and whatnot on, you know, in the, in the uh as the color commentator and kind of uh mm. do more than just explain explain like very in in very simple terms what's going on uh some some of those guys are very milk toast but uh but madden was certainly not is the color commentary is that a fairly recent um position they've had in sports uh recent as in yeah i mean i don't remember watching games that didn't have two guys in the booth but Mm -hmm. if you listen to old uh if you listen to old baseball and football games you know 
shot her around the world and uh, Ben Scully doing the world series back in like the sixties or whatnot. They, you know, they only had one guy uh, in the booth for a long time. I think it was, I think it might've been on the, I think it might've been the eighties. I'm thinking it was the eighties or so, maybe the seventies when they started putting a a second guy in the booth. Yeah. Uh, So before my time, but you definitely, when you hear old from, from, really old you know if you hear anything especially anything that's in black and white uh you'll never hear two you'll never hear two commentators on those highlights it's always just just the one guy that's what i've noticed scully did it alone did it vin scully did it alone for until he was until until he retired two years Mm -hmm. ago or three years ago or whatever that was why don't you mention that i was just thinking about that and i watched a dodgers game on um I don't even remember where or how, but I watched a couple of Dodgers game toward the his at his right before his retirement, just because I wanted to hear you know him because he's a legend in baseball broadcasting, and um, it was very interesting to watch him do an entire game by himself with nobody to bounce off of the entire time. It was like, you know, it it was like some of these you know talk show hosts that you hear that they don't have guests or whatever. He was just. He, you know, he was his own color commentator for the most part. He was. He would always have. Uh, I didn't. I did not that I watched him a lot, obviously, because I you'd have to live in Los Angeles to see him more than a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he always seemed to have a, a story. When I would watch, you know, he just he had a story about everybody. Uh, well, I don't know how he got those stories. Maybe he had connections to minor league coaches or something, and he always or. Uh, or maybe he was just reading out of the media guide, but it always seemed like he, he knew everything about every single player. Uh, and some guys don't, you don't believe them when they, when they act like that. But Vin Scully, uh, definitely had me convinced that he did. Uh, yeah, it's a, a special talent. Well, growing up as Braves fans, like, like you and I, um, the Braves always had their TBS channel and they always had um you know uh the four guys skip ernie pete and um oh i forget who the other guy was for the longest time with them well don sutton don sutton was, was, yeah. was with them uh uh until yeah until i mean he would then he was on radio until a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when he started having the health issues right and, uh passed away i think last year or maybe the year before uh, but yeah, uh, those were the four. Those guys were great. It's interesting though, because you think about broadcasting or any, any profession for that matter. It's amazing to me, especially in broadcasting, how you'll see these guys that had um, dads for broadcasters and they, then they just like, you know, think of the Carey family. And of course, Joe Buck, you know, from his dad, um, I don't uh, – it's interesting to see how they – those. I mean, obviously, they had an in to get their foot in the door. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, at the same time, you know, it's it does take a certain amount, I guess, of uh, talent to stay on the air. Somebody's got to like you to keep you on the air. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, anyway, just uh, – that's a good broadcast. I, I guess kind of summary of that in a lot of ways. I didn't mean to go there. But the other thing I want to ask you about um, – Let's talk non before we get to baseball and football, which is coming up. 
and we'll, we'll dabble in basket basketball, uh, basketball, <laughs> uh, basketball. Uh, the the nineteen ninety seven movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, basketball. Which was I've never movie. seen that one. It was quite crazy. <laughs> no, I was going to say, um, what is your? Do you have a favorite non? Put you on the spot. Do you have a favorite non popular sport? Um, and we'll say the popular sports are basically hockey, baseball, basketball, football um soccer you know tennis golf do you have a not right you know you know what i mean like lacrosse for example right uh so i mean the the only really the only sports i can think of besides though you mentioned though i mean i actually have never really gotten into tennis but uh besides what we would what have been traditionally referred to as the four major sports uh in the u.s baseball basketball I did it too. Baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and then golf, uh, golf and tennis being the major individual sports, uh, soccer. Some people would say soccer is now at least as popular as hockey in the U S probably. Um, I mean, when I was younger and I know you guys have talked about this because you have Jason on a lot is, I mean, motorsports probably were the only other one that I ever followed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and specifically for me, it was actually drag racing, uh, NHRA drag racing was probably the only other one besides the ones that we've mentioned already. Yeah. That, uh, if you want to call if you want to, if you, if you call it a sport, I mean, I think that, uh, there's definitely a lot of hand-eye coordination Physical and, then demands. Be, and then being a maniac, I think, <laughs> uh, would be the other part of it. There are certain, uh, there are certain professions out there where you got to have a little crazy in you. And I think that being a drag racer is one of those. For sure. We actually, I actually watched the, the race this past Sunday. I have probably hadn't watched a drag race in 15 years at least, but my son thought it was great. My son's two uh -huh. and he, he just thought they were, he loves cars. He thought they were incredible. Uh, he doesn't really stare. He doesn't really watch. He won't, he won't really watch baseball for more than about 30 seconds uh uh or football but but he did think the the drag racing was was uh was pretty interesting so that's the only the one unless i guess if you want if this is more controversial whether it's a sport or not i suppose but professional wrestling was yeah. was probably was was a big uh something that i was really into when i was in uh in junior high and in high school yeah uh, which is definitely an athletic event but obviously the uh with the predetermined outcomes, uh, not a sport, but, mm -hmm. uh, athletic entertainment, I guess, uh, that's, that's probably about it. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I mean, in the South, I actually was a big hockey fan, uh, for, a, for quite a while growing up, uh, obviously the thrashers being, uh, leaving Atlanta kind of hurt that, uh, my ability to keep up with that sport. But in the South being a hockey fan was, was kind of weird uh when i was a kid but i did like hockey a lot it was probably probably there was a time when hockey was probably my favorite sport to watch except maybe college football uh in the late 90s early 2000s uh mm -hmm. i got really into i got really into the nhl back then that prompted me when you were talking about that i was just thinking to myself because you know the olympics just got over i can't think of any sport outside the top four team sports i guess you'd say that is like anywhere near becoming popular in America. I mean, soccer has kind of came up as number five, I guess, lately for more people, but uh, 
but that's soccer is big. It's no question. Soccer is big. Yeah. It's just, you know, lacrosse or, you know, certainly handball has no uh, chance of getting <laughs> it anytime soon. Speaking of Olympics, did you watch any of it? Oh yeah. I love the Olympics too. I guess if that counts, I mean, I mm-hmm. always, I always watch, I mean, I think I watched it every night pretty much. Do you have uh, a favorite event? In the summer Olympics, it's swimming. I think it's swimming for a lot of people. Uh, I always, I love that first week when they're swimming every night. That's, that's, a that's just, just an electric atmosphere. Even this year without having much crowd noise, uh, I thought it was still, uh, incredibly entertaining and, and then basketball is, uh, Ed basketball is definitely one that I, I watch, I will always watch all the, the team USA games, uh, in basketball and probably volleyball beach at beach volleyball and indoor volleyball, both, uh, also I find, I find to be very entertaining. I was, uh, I was impressed with the, um, the um running sports this year um without you saying bolt it was kind of interesting to see who was going to kind of take the mantle yeah they i mean it seemed like it seemed like they uh i mean jamaica still has a still won a bunch of medals even without you saying bolt it, it seemed like their women's team was more so than the men's team but but yeah it's it's definitely different so usain bolt still has the record i think in the mm-hmm. in the 100 and the 200 so they're they're all definitely kind of chasing that chasing him to an extent but but there were some really there were some really close races uh as well and then the i know the one the one race in the track and field that i thought was incredible was the i think it was the 200 meter hurdles it was either two or four where the that the norwegian guy won it uh he the norwegian guy whose name I can't remember. He, they said he raced at Texas huh. uh, in the NCAA. And then there was an American that finished second. And I think they ran the Norwegian guy broke the world record. And the American guy, I think ran the third fastest time ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a great, that was a great race. Um, yeah, that's true. Wow. I think that um, the Olympics do offer um, next to women's um, golf. I think the Olympics do offer in women's swimming and gymnastics, probably the most popular women's sports in the world. You know, to me, those are kind of like the top two sort of must see um, sports for women, I guess. Yeah, I think they do a really good job. Uh, and, you know, some people would say that the NBC specifically caters toward that, you know, caters toward the female viewer for the Olympics, which I don't, I don't have a problem with at all, but, and they, and there's definitely a reason for that because like you said, uh, those are those two weeks, uh, and in the winter Olympics, probably with figure skating kind of similarly or mm-hmm. shine a really big spotlight on women's sports that, that you just don't really see, uh, the rest of the year or the rest of that two years, uh, between, you know, between, between Olympics. Right. Um, yeah. Usually tennis and golf are, kind of get a little popular with women's sports yeah but, women's uh, tennis you know. women's tennis is uh, is very popular more popular than men's tennis i think it usually gets better ratings mm, than men's tennis but the uh but as far as team sports i think you know women's soccer and then during the olympics the gymnastics and and then the figure skating in the winter are definitely mm-hmm. definitely definitely a good 
a good opportunity for them to to shine the spotlight on on female athletes and they do yeah. a good job of it we won't uh, talk about I like the... to watch, I like to watch all that I like to watch those those teams as well I was gonna say we won't we won't touch on the uh the controversial topic of uh, Simone Biles this year but <laughs> that was just kind of crazy how all oh, that right well there's there's got to be a controversy Somebody, yeah they need something to talk about <laughs> yeah it was just one of those things it's just kind of like I just sort of threw my hands up like, well, it is what it is, you know, just <laughs> move on people. It kind of happened. Yeah. It would, it, that would be, that, that would be what you would expect someone to do after a, a couple hours maybe, but yeah. they really wanted to litigate that <laughs> over and over. Oh man. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see what the next Olympics looks like and what is it, I guess just three years from now for the summer Olympics. That is right. Yeah. yeah uh in paris we'll see if they have That'll fans be... i good lord i hope so yeah i would hope hopefully I, we'll try past... to be optimistic yeah yeah we'll be past all this um you know epi- epidemic stuff here um what um so anyway uh, moving on toward um what i guess we'll talk about a little bit of uh football since that's um on the horizon and well let's talk about uh baseball first um Braves looking good. Um, I'm look. I was looking there earlier. I'll bring it back up here. I was looking at the um, standings, um, and I was kind of impressed here. I did not realize the White Sox were as good as they are. The White year. Sox are the White Sox are very good. Yes, uh, in the American League, uh, the White Sox and Rays uh, definitely have separated themselves. The Yankees, obviously, uh, at at the uh, have now won 11 in a row, uh, the last two being, being against the Braves. So, uh, Yankees, uh, looking, looking strong right now as well, but yes, the White Sox, uh, the White Sox kind of along, kind of on the same, just a slightly, a timeline slightly behind the Braves were, Mm -hmm. were on a really strong rebuilding track. They made a lot of trades back three or four years ago with their veterans, and they were able to get some very high quality prospects at the time that have that have come up to the majors and and really uh, really turned that team around. And uh, and then you know for whatever whatever effectiveness you think uh, a major league manager has, Tony Larusa at a uh, the young age of seventy eight or however old Tony Larusa is is has taken them over and and they they seem to have responded to him uh pretty mm. well so oh i forgot about that i um uh, man how cool was that i should have uh, called you that night how cool was that um you filled a dreams game that was so fun to watch that was great uh i had not i did not expect so much buzz for that uh baseball baseball because the season is so long you don't see much hype around any given regular season game. It's pretty rare. Uh-huh. But they did a they did a really good job of that. And obviously, the fact that the game turned out the way it did—that it you know back and forth and then the walk off homer, yeah, uh, at the end obviously helped a lot. But but I I I did not expect that to I guess be such a touchstone uh, moment for everybody, but. But I can, but I understand why, and and especially because mm-hmm. the movie. I mean, you know, I don't think the millennials. Oh, I I am a millennial, so <laughs> maybe I I really am probably speaking more to 
to Gen Z, I don't think those kids have even seen Field of Dreams, but mm. but they uh, but it's still I know it was the high one of the highest rated regular season baseball games uh, in years. So yeah, so, kinda, so yeah, kind of seemed like that game was thirty years uh, late in some ways, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah as far as capitalizing on the actual popularity of the movie they're a little (laughs) late but right but people seem people still seem to enjoy it just maybe because it was so the setting obviously was so unique yeah i guess even if you're not familiar with the movie it's oh yeah it's still it's still not something you expect to find on your tv so i think a lot of people stopped and stopped and uh and and watched for a while i think if somebody is definitely good for baseball I think if somebody calls himself a baseball fan, you haven't seen Field of Dreams. It's time to go watch Field of Dreams. But <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I I love I love the movie, but I don't think I don't know that it's uh, the the current that the that the younger kids these days have, have seen it a lot. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't feel like it comes on. I don't think it comes on TBS every every other week like it used to when mm-hmm. when we were kids. It definitely had a. Um, kind of a whatever you want to call it world series or all-star atmosphere about it when they showed it um you could tell it was kind of a a cool atmosphere when they did that i hope they do it again next year or another time soon for sure i believe they did announce that they're going to do it again next year oh uh, i think the i think the cubs and the reds are gonna that's uh, playing cool. it next year i you know i had this um strange this is a side thought but i had this um idea that it would be very cool if a lot of uh, major league sports teams would go play at their minor league fields every now and then you know i saw a similar suggestion on on twitter i think and i i actually agree that would be i mean one one or two games a year yeah. i think that would i think that would that might help that i think that might do a lot if somebody in omaha nebraska or or Augusta, Georgia was was able to go see a major league game right down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think baseball should think outside the box a little bit. They've they've definitely fallen fallen behind basketball and football uh, mm-hmm. in the you know the cultural the cultural uh, movement has has kind of been away from from baseball a little bit. But I think I think making it more accessible in in the smaller towns would be a way to uh, to counter counteract that yeah you know i think when i think of baseball just from my own youth because i was so into it in the 80s and 90s and a little bit in the early 2000s um and that was the arena you know arena band uh era if you will in my opinion where the stadiums were bigger they're getting bigger and everything's getting bigger and everybody's huge you know and everything was getting bigger than life to me a lot of baseball would do well to go back to more of a bringing it down a notch to make it more norman rockwell you know um everyday baseball you know fan type thing yeah i think i think they definitely need to they major league baseball definitely has not has not reached uh not been able to reach the the those probably probably those 30 and younger um they just haven't been able to to uh, to get those fans watching consistently and and yeah i think they definitely need to need to go outside the box and i do think the field of dreams game was a step in that direction who knows whether they'll actually learn about learn from it 
I, yeah. I can't say some, a lot of people not, not especially impressed with the, the current baseball commissioner. Right. Um, but you know, I, I never know how much blame to ascribe to, to, to a position like that, because I don't, I think I know really the commissioners of the major sports, they basically just work for the owners. So it's, it's kind of, it's probably not as much his fault as, as many people would, would want to say. Mm -hmm. I was looking at this. uh, And like I said earlier, I haven't looked at, didn't haven't paid much attention to baseball at all this year, just a little bit and watched the Braves casually. So before we came on, I looked at these standings and um, I noticed the, the old pesky rays and the pesky, uh, Astros right there at the top of the heat once again. It's interesting how they're kind of always there the last few years. Yeah, I mean the Rays are an incredible organization because they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. No fans go to their games, but their their front office their front office is incredible, and they they always at they always even even with the bargain bargain barrel guys that they bring in, they they always are right there at the top. Not well for the last about 12 years now they made the world series in 08 and ever since then with the exception of a couple of years they've they've been right there with the with the yankees really not quite the red sox have kind of been on a separate level from those two in the last 15 years or so but uh-huh. but it's amazing it's amazing what what that organization in in tampa can do with the with as little as as little as they have as far as as far as funds or backing uh, financially it's hard for me not to root for them when they get like if the braves are out of it you know it's kind of hard for me not to root for them a lot of times when they get into it further in the playoffs yeah i would say uh if i had an american if i had an american league team that i like to see succeed the the rays would definitely be be up there and and probably oakland as well which i believe oakland's having a pretty good a pretty good season this year also yeah. and they're they're kind of the same story uh, they kind of they kind of started that money ball as they as they call it uh, with the thinking outside the box analytically to mm-hmm. get the player players that are not as not as valued as they should be by the by the by the big market clubs. Do they still um, kind of run that system and way of thinking? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Billy Bean. I think he's not as directly involved in in the everyday operations, but I believe he's still the president of baseball operations or, or some, some fancy title like that CEO. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's still very much, I mean, you have to be in baseball being the only sport that doesn't have a salary cap of the four major sports. You really have to be, you really have to think outside the box or else you're going to get left behind by the teams that can just outspend you. Right. Like crazy. I mean, you got the Dodgers with their $300 million payroll. Uh, you can't compete with that as yeah. the Rays who have a $60 million payroll or, or whatever that is this year. Mm-hmm. Unless you, unless you, I guess, explore every avenue available to you. I can't imagine being a baseball organization and every year you got the Yankees and Red Sox to go against. You know, <laughs> yeah, and they take them head on every year. So I, I mean, I agree. the The Rays are a pretty easy team to root for if you don't have a if you don't have a rooting interest otherwise. Right. Which I don't, but I kind of always 
I've always I'm a type of baseball player that I respect just about every organization and its history for the most part. Like I really do like and respect the Boston history and, you know, the Yankees past history. A lot of people are just like, "Ah, I hate the Yankees, you know, or whatever, but I've always, you know, I'm just the kind of guy that I love baseball history so much that I always kind of appreciated the team itself and their history. Cause we, I don't, I don't even know if we'd have baseball if it wasn't for the Yankees. <laughs> there might be some, there might be some truth to that. I, I don't have a problem disliking the Yankees. Doesn't yeah. comes pretty easily to me, but I know <laughs> I, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I don't uh, love them. I, I, just, I think, you know. I think that's uh, I think that's very noble. I'm not, I'm not so, uh, <laughs> I, I'm it's harder to I'm harder to uh to get on the good side sometimes having grown up with the mm. when I was especially when I when my formative years the it seemed like the Yankees won the championship every year and it was kind of I you know I kind of got sick of it I haven't really gotten over gotten over that even though uh, yeah. 1996 I was a little young to to truly appreciate how awful that was for for the Braves i I do, I do remember, I do remember it. And then '99, when the Yankees swept the Braves in the World Series, I, <laughs> I was old enough to, yeah, to appreciate how how upset that made me. And so <laughs> I, I don't have, I don't have a lot of love lost for the Yankees, but they are definitely a very important part of, of Americana. So yeah. I get it. That's a good way of putting it. And you know, I guess most of my respect and admiration goes toward the. Uh, pre-1970s maybe i don't know <laughs> or maybe pre you know actually when i was right. a kid it's, i yeah go ahead yes it's easy to it, it is easier to to say oh yeah the even though if i was a kid in 1938 in boston or something i'm sure i would have despised the yankees but it's easy now to look back and say oh yeah those those yankees team lou Gehrig, what a mm. guy <laughs> mickey mantle babe ruth love them all even though <laughs> Even though now I, you know, I've seen enough. I've seen enough of the current guys, but those guys back then, those those were fine because they didn't, they didn't, they never broke my heart. So I can, yeah, I can just watch baseball by Ken Burns and and appreciate them. Maybe that's why because I watched the Ken Burns. Uh, that came from the Ken Burns perspective, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> just watching and thinking, oh yeah, that's uh, Babe Ruth saved baseball. That's for sure. And then, but I don't know. It's it's hard to have, like you said, a lot of love loss for. Uh, the Jeters and the A-Rods of the world when you grew up watching them and you're like, we were, we could have, we could have beat y'all up if we, you know, had the right timing, but yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to uh, the current season, which it's easy to hate other teams in a current season than it is, you know, past seasons. I mean, <laughs> For sure. I can, I mean, I can respect Alabama football, but I don't like them at all currently. <laughs> um, but when it comes to, you know, Gene Stallings and uh, integrating, um, you know, uh, black players into the um, college football, you know, you got to give them a lot of credit. So um, what was I going to look at? Oh, I lost my page. Sorry. The anyway, anyways, you know, um, so we can ra start wrapping it up here a little bit. Um, we won't talk. We'll talk about the Braves last. We got the Brewers and the Giants. Uh, Giants to me, remind me a little bit of uh, the Astros, how they just kind of always just seem to be hanging there lately. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the Giants won three World Series in uh, 2010, 2012, 2014, mm -hmm. um, none of which were really expected going into those seasons. So, And they're kind of doing that again this year because nobody expected the Giants 
to be more than really a 500 team. I don't think every, everybody thought they were the third best team in that division behind the Dodgers and Padres coming into the year. And, and here they are, Evan, Evan Longoria resurgence, uh, playing like he did with the Rays 10 years ago. And then their pitching staff, uh, specifically Kevin Gosman, Braves, former Braves legend for, uh, one season, uh, in the, the late 2018, early 2019, when he was so bad, they released him. Uh, and now he's on the giants and he has like a two ERA. So mm-hmm. they've got, they've got, a they've, they've, they're definitely the surprise of the season, uh, probably in all of major league baseball, but in the national league, for sure. Uh, best record in the national league, um, was, was not expected, but they, they, it doesn't seem to be a fluke at this point. I, if you had asked me a couple months ago, I would have just said they were going to come back down to earth, but yeah, I, I guess not. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the standings right now. And I mean, we don't have a lot of baseball left to play. Um, I'm seeing the um, the records going here in the Reds and um, Dodgers, I guess, are at the top of the heat when it comes to the um, the wild card. Um, two wild card um, spots, right? Correct. Yeah. So they're I don't. Still, they're doing the two, the fourth and fifth, or the the two best non division winners will play in the in the single game wild card playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is going back. They're going back to that this year. Last year they they went to the eight team, the well, 16 team playoff for the whole league. Mm. Uh, that was just a one year, one year thing. That could be an interesting um, little wild card there at the Reds against the Dodgers. If it turns, I mean, I mean, it's really close right now, but um, it could be interesting to see. It's always interesting to see who, who ends up in that wild card, uh, you know, race. Yeah. They'll have, it'll be, yeah, the Dodgers are, the Dodgers have really pulled away from the, from the Padres for the and the red and the Reds for the first wild card spot. So then you're probably going to have either the Padres or the Reds mm. uh, playing the Dodgers. But I mean, you're going to have the Dodgers are going to have the second best, either the second or third best record <clears throat> in the uh, in the National League, and they they could they'll have one game uh, to they'll have one game to get into the <laughs> to get into the division series. So. That would be that could be something to to watch out for for the other teams. That could be a big break if uh, if the Dodgers were to, yeah. to end up in that game and and then drop it, which in one baseball game, obviously anything could happen. Yeah, and of course the Braves there uh, they they I don't want to speak I'm not going to speak too soon, but they they have pulled away a little bit from the Phillies, which is kind of exciting for them. Yeah, one of the, I don't think I've ever seen a. Uh, nine game swing for a team in three weeks or not, I don't even think it was three weeks. I think it was closer to two weeks. The Braves went from four games back from the Mets at the time. And then about two weeks or 17, 18 days later, they're five games up in the division. Wow. Uh, nine game swing in 16 or 17 games. Uh, it was, that was, it was crazy. I, I honestly thought, their best case scenario going into the, when they made those trades at the trade deadline, you know, the Braves, for those that are listening that, that don't know the, the major league baseball trade deadline, July 30th or May or the 31st, it was one of those two days. And you can't acquire players from other teams after that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and and then be eligible for the postseason. So that's a it's always a big day every year. That was one of my favorite days as a kid because I always loved the the machinations of baseball rosters. I always loved the trade deadline. So and the Braves made four trades at the trade deadline, and uh, <laughs> and then they they got Jock Peterson about two weeks before, and then they added Jorge Soler. They added uh, Richard, who Jorge Soler, who led them in the American League in home runs a couple of years ago, but this year had been struggling and had a two, you know, hitting about two hundred. But he's he's done a better job since the Braves got him. Adam Duvall, who they never should have let go of <laughs> uh, this off season, but they got him back from the Marlins, and he's been on a tear. And then uh, Eddie Rosario they got from the Indians who is actually still in the DL. I think he might, he might be back for this coming weekend. Uh, but Eddie Rosario is a guy who was, uh, who was a really good player for the twins over the last three or four years. Who's had a couple down years. And, uh, but the, so the Braves after losing Ronald Acuna, who would mm-hmm. probably have won the national league MVP this year, if he hadn't gotten hurt and then just floating around 500 all year, they make a few trades for guys that are good, not great, and uh, it's worked out for them. I think they're it's probably, probably they're probably probably playing a little bit over their heads, winning winning nine in a row, uh, sixteen out of eighteen, I think it was before the before mm-hmm. the Yankee series. Um, but even before the season started, I thought they were a better team than the Phillies, and I thought the Mets were probably the second best team in this division. Degrom's been hurt on and off. I mean, the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom for the Mets. He's been injured for about probably 70% of the season at this point, and it doesn't seem like he's going to come back. So, And then some of the guys the Mets got in the offseason, Francisco Lindor specifically, has been terrible, uh, who the Mets are paying $25 million a year. Um, So I was surprised the Mets didn't pull away. And then after the Braves – got hot in these last few weeks the Mets have been horrendous I they're not they're below 500 now and they they're pretty much out of it at this point uh seven games back of the Braves so uh, yeah it's the Braves division to win at this point I like I said I think they're playing over their heads uh I think they're playing over their heads for sure but they'll probably be in the playoffs and once you get there as despite despite the history of the Atlanta Braves franchise especially in the last 20 years once you get there everybody has a shot in the major league baseball playoffs hard to convince a braves fan of that but if you actually if you take out the bias uh negative bias in that case it is actually true that if you make it to the to the playoffs in baseball it really is kind of a crapshoot yeah so who knows and you don't give up like 10 plus runs in one inning (laughs) i was i was at that game gene that was great Ah. that was what a great experience sorry to bring that memory back well that's you know what's interesting or not interesting kind of sad i actually because of because of having a two-year-old and a pregnant wife i haven't been able to go to a game this year obviously there were no fans last year the last braves game i went to mm. was game five of the 2019 nlds when it was oh 10 nothing after the top of the first inning oh man uh the, the braves uh breaking our hearts yet again indeed <laughs> but they did a little better last year so we'll give them they did credit, right that was they did they had a strong effort i mean i don't care what you do as long as you give a strong effort and uh oh yeah they yeah. they they gave it everything they had it was a i mean that was a great dodgers team mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately 
the Braves just had a couple things break against them. Uh, mostly Mookie Betts playing incredible defense in right field for the Dodgers. That was, that was really the difference in a couple spots there. Mm-hmm. Uh, games, games five through seven. Uh, he definitely stole a few runs from the Braves that probably would have given him that, that series, but yeah, that's what happens. He's a great player. Great well, players make great plays sometimes. We'll definitely have to do some debriefing when the playoffs come. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a preview. What? Um, let's see. Okay. So let's go and finish it out here with talking just a little, well, it's going to touch on the top 25 for uh, college football. For uh, sure. We'll get the NFL next time around. We'll try to do the NFL before their season starts. Um, week zero college football yes uh bama of course uh i'm I'm just looking at the top 25 right now bama oklahoma uh clemson ohio state georgia texas a&m ohio state of all people number seven i've never heard of any of these teams gene (laughs) have any of them have any of them ever ever won anything no i feel like they're all they've all come out of nowhere this year well um I did notice that the top 15 did not give a lot of love to the uh, SEC this year, it looks like. Um, what do you got, like three teams there in the top 15 from the SEC? That's kind of uh, interesting to me. I Yeah, I would be surprised if that's the case at the end of the season. I'm not uh, – as you know, the, whoever's listening does mm-hmm. not. I'm, I'm not a, a fan of an SEC team. Uh, so – which which leaves me kind of on an island here in the south during the during the fall but but I must begrudgingly say it is the best uh, football conference uh, I'd be surprised if there's only three SEC teams in the top 15 at the end of the season I think uh, Alabama Georgia Florida probably the top three from everything I've seen but I wouldn't be surprised if LSU jumps up this year. And uh, and Texas A, I mean Texas A and M. Ever since Jimbo got to Texas A and M, their recruiting classes have been looking good. You know, consistently top five, top six, and you got to think, uh, and the, you got to think that they're those are going to pay off at some point. So mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them in the the top ten or fifteen. And Florida does not uh, go away into the night easily. No, and and Dan Mullen's a Dan Mullen's a very good coach. So I think Florida is going to be around for a while. They won the SEC East last year. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if they did it again. I mean, UGA's got they they did lose the quarter, uh, Florida did lose their quarterback Kyle Trask. Uh, I believe is gone. So that's all. I mean, that's always a transition for everybody except for Alabama and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, losing a quarterback is can be a can be a, a big blow. Those those two teams seem to always have somebody in the somebody in the chamber that's just as good as the last guy. Well, Alabama, that's been a more recent occurrence. They're the early Saban teams quarterback was always kind of the weak link, but uh, right. of course Saban will never have a weak link for, <laughs> for too long. So he seems to have figured out how to get a how to get elite quarterbacks to come in too. So so here we are. Well, I um as a as a um I'm an admitted Georgia fan, so I'm all for the Bulldogs. Um, but I try to be as unbiased as possible when it comes to evaluating um what things are going on. Um and it's it's interesting though, you know, Clemson's always there trying to do their thing. You know, they just they just kind of do their thing. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's gotten to the point, and I I do love college football, but in my opinion, you know, it could it could it, it, uh, a dose of parody would be would be nice, but <laughs> I don't think I don't think this is going to be the year. Uh, I mean, if if you don't have at least three of Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma in the uh, in the college football playoff, I would be surprised, but. Uh, we can we can hope uh, <laughs> that somebody else gets a shot, but I believe three of those teams have been in all of the college football playoffs, or all of them except for one. I think have had three of those mm. four teams. So, uh, so yeah, it'll probably happen again. How's your Michigan uh, team looking? Year. Oh well, you know, Gene Michigan all-time leader in wins college football <laughs> history. We focus, we try to focus on the past as much as possible <laughs> as Michigan fans. Uh, and that was not that was not no, being coy. I was just asking. Nobody's ever won more games, <laughs> yeah. so I'm sure they'll be great uh, with history on their side. Uh, yeah, I mean, Michigan will probably be fine. I think last year was a little bit of an aberration with the, the just all everything that was going on last year in mm-hmm. college football. I, I don't really hold that here against them. They went two and four. Uh, they were only ever, ever, they were only able to play off, play six of their games due to games getting canceled because of COVID stuff. Hmm. And they looked awful, but uh, just, you know, similarly to like I was talking about Texas A&M, I mean, Michigan's recruiting has been fine. It hasn't really fallen off at all, even though they had one, they had one especially disappointing year. Uh, Harbaugh probably gets talked about a little too much from both sides, obviously not as good as, as we thought he was going to be. But if you listen to some people talk about him, you'd think Michigan was 500 since he got there, but you know, they had average, they had averaged, I think nine and a half wins a year up until last season. So not like they've been a bad team though i would guess they'll win between eight and ten games again which they've done pretty much every full season under jim harbaugh mm-hmm. and and we'll see this is a little bit of a transition year they've got a new quarterback um a new defensive coordinator uh almost the entire almost the entire defense uh is turning over and as well as the a good amount of the offense of the offensive line and then the wide receiver. So no, I doubt anybody's tuning in to listen to me talk about Michigan. I'm not super optimistic, but I also don't think they will be terrible, which yeah. in Michigan fans and uh, a lot of Michigan fans opinion would make me optimistic, but I think that's just, uh, that's just how they usually are. And I expect them to, to be good, but not great yet again uh it'll it'll be interesting for me in college football the most interesting thing right now is is what the future of that sport looks like with uh with texas and oklahoma leaving the big 12 to to make the sec a a monster 16 team that's true yeah and uh in a few years and and what that's going to do to everybody else the specifically the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC seem to want to form some kind of alliance uh, to all you know, so that those teams are scheduling a lot of. In, they want to schedule a lot of interconference games between each other to bump up their strength of schedule to, so they don't fall behind the SEC in that in that way. And it could work to an extent, but they also college football, college conferences tend to be very 
uh, tribalistic. Uh, they, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they can cooperate enough to actually make a difference. I wouldn't be surprised in 10 years, 20 years, if, if college football has a completely different structure Mm. Uh, as far as the way the conferences are, maybe if there maybe even aren't conferences like a almost like a NFL, you know, like a like a major league, like a professional league. Uh, if they maybe you see the top forty or fifty teams break off and just uh, form one league mm. uh, in, in some way, because it really is a it really is a kind of haves and the have-nots in college football, even more than 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 it ever was in the past. Mm-hmm. For those that aren't, um, who couldn't tell Jared is a bit of a Michigan fan. So we just put that <laughs> out there. Uh, I, um, I always look forward though, to the college football season, especially as the season wears down and you get to those um, big games toward the end. And it's all of a sudden you care about it, you know, an Iowa state versus whoever Oregon game, you know? Um, right. Whereas you- yeah, I I have all college football is probably especially when I was especially when Michigan was really good, especially when I was younger. Uh, it was probably my favorite sport. The just the pageantry of it, the the fact that you have these random teams that are that that used to be so good, like you know, team in, like Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that a team in Nebraska could be the best team in the country for on and off for. 30 years when obviously in professional sports, you don't have any, you know, you would never have a team in a, in a state like Nebraska or Mm -hmm. Iowa, uh, Oklahoma, even. Yeah. Or Alabama. uh, But in, yeah. Or in Alabama for sure. Uh, Or yeah. South Carolina with Clemson. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've I've always enjoyed just the one reason that I've been kind of disappointed with the, the way the sport has moved as far as, seeing these same teams win over and over again is that I always enjoyed the, the fact that there were so many possibilities of, of different teams that could, that could be great in college football. And now it seems like there's about five or six teams every year uh, that have a shot that, that, that puts a little bit of a damper in it, but then when the games start, I won't care anymore. I'll, I'll pretend that any, that everybody has a shot again, right. Cause it'll, I'll get that endorphin rush from those that noon kickoff on uh, a week from Saturday, whatever, whoever happens to be playing in that game, uh, whatever the first game on ESPN is uh, uh-huh. that day. And, and I'll, uh, and I'll, I'll enjoy it just as much as I, as I would have, even though in the back of my mind, I'll, I'll know it's all just building up to another Alabama Clemson right. game at the end <laughs> of the year, probably. <clears throat> Maybe Georgia, you never know. Um. Maybe Georgia. <laughs> that did happen one time. <sighs> Well, I think that um, personal opinion, I think we take, we as in general, think people take sports too serious way too often. Um, and that, that is true. It's, in my opinion, it's meant to be an escape, something to enjoy and have a good time with, something to eat chips and have barbecues with and, and laugh and just enjoy it. That's what, that's how I look at it, you know. And I think too many people are like, they want to give the hot take commentary on it, you know, and it's just like, the end of the day it's just a game <laughs> for sure i've uh i've gotten a little better uh a little better at, at not wearing the results of my teams on my on my sleeve uh 
hmm. as I've gotten older. <laughs> and I, I have always, I think I've always kind of enjoyed to a great extent watching the, the leagues that I don't have that much of a rooting interest in because oh, yeah. it does kind of free you up a little bit. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, Michigan was very bad at college basketball during my formative years. They were good when I was like five, six years old. And then for a, a stretch of about 11 years, they weren't that good, but I always loved watching college basketball. Cause I didn't have to worry about, I knew Michigan was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of was the same way in the NBA for, a long time with the Hawks. Uh, I knew the Hawks were going to be bad, but uh, so I could just ignore them and, and watch the other teams and not have to worry about it. Um, and, uh, and, and so, so there is something to be said for that. And I think, uh, and then I think the recent relatively recent stretch, the Braves had a few years ago where they, they were rebuilding kind of helped me to, to disconnect just a little bit, just enough to, to get a little bit of a healthier relationship because you are right that, uh, if you're not enjoying it, uh, then, then what's the point? Uh, <laughs> right. What's the point of watching? Uh, you know, I can go, I can go be mad watching any other, you know, any other kind of reality TV, if you want to call it that any, any else, any other real thing that's going on, I can get upset about, but, yeah. uh, no reason, no reason to let sports get you down. Well, we didn't get to, not for, um, not for more than a day or so anyway, yeah. not for more than a day or so anyway. But in the heat of the moment, it's worth uh, screaming at the yeah, TV, Yeah, it, right? hap- it happened. <laughs> uh, well, Jared, I appreciate it. We didn't get to the NFL. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the Falcons. Maybe we'll meet, you know, Jared has um, babies, plural, coming um, soon. So true, we may have story. to wait a few, uh, a little while before we have Jared back on. We'll have to see. I might have. Well, you know, that's true. But I, I also, I won't be working for a couple weeks. So ah. who knows? If I can, if we'll see if the babies will, the babies can be quiet for 30 minutes yeah. uh we may i can hop on and, and we can do something yeah uh pre-nfl season yeah maybe uh, we'll uh we'll get in there and at least the week of or something we'll kind of dig into the nfl and what how football is looking and the playoffs are going to get closer for you know the uh, baseball during that time period anyway so that might be a good time to bring it the conversation back if you will so all right jared well thanks for coming on today uh, any any final thoughts or uh, apparitions you want to tell us about? <laughs> I don't I, I don't think I have I don't, I don't think I came prepared for this segment, Gene. But uh, <laughs> I you know right. go go Braves. I'll yeah. say that uh, you know if if anybody if anybody out there is not a not a huge baseball fan, uh, baseball playoffs can be pretty exciting. Or maybe get a ticket, go down to to Truist for me because I'm not going to be able to go. It doesn't look like this year, so uh, oh. uh, somebody go go over get a get a Holman and Finch burger, uh, and you know sit out there left left field preferable because it's shaded better. Uh, yeah. Get out there and uh, watch a game. Uh, I think uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about that uh, about September baseball and mm-hmm. then and then college football. So uh, maybe maybe we've convinced somebody. I'm sure I'm sure we've brought somebody over that's never never watched a never watched a game in their life oh yeah they call call it all it's all sports ball and i'm sure they're still listening to this uh and i'm sure they're gonna go out and watch a game uh Uh, this weekend and you know uh and enjoy it it's uh it's a it's a it's a fun hobby can't can't complain even though even though i've i've had very little success 
as a sports fan, uh, we can we can still we can always, still joke about it. We have, there's we, always have the a future. It's, it's all there's always next year, Gene. Yes. That's all right, Jared. The, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it, and we'll have you back on soon. Anytime, Gene. Anytime. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day.